It's my first time in Darwin. It's my first time okay. in Northern, the Northern Territory. Um, I know this because when they told me about Darwin Pride, <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I can't wait to go to Uluru and like, babes. <laughs> Babes, so um, geography same. is not my thing. I've, I've been the same part as you. I totally get it. <laughs> what I do love about going to Darwin, though, is that there's a rich culture of, of First Nations, and I'm mm. going to be working with a lot of First Nations artists, so I'm looking forward to that. So I guess, what does pride mean to you? That is, I've, I get asked that a lot, and it's a really good question. I think it's different from everybody, because pride is a lot of things. Um, but in terms of my community, I'm proud to be who I am. I've worked really hard um, to, to be able to be myself. You know, I've had a lot of personal things that I've had to go through to get to the, the place of being comfortable as an artist, as a human, as a man. So for me, it's, it's I'm proud of, proud of that journey. And I just, I'm proud to be part of a community that is, is about being yourself and everyone can just, everyone's so different and it's, it's celebrating those differences. So I'm proud to be a part of a community that's about love and acceptance and diversity and love. <laughs> Do you think music has the ability to promote change? Absolutely. I think for me, that's what music is. Music was a, was a healing and, and like a best friend in school. I was pretty picked on and pretty bullied through most of my schooling for having a gift. Yeah. So for me, um, music was like an escape and a healing. So I think music is like so multidimensional and so powerful. And I think that yeah, I've it's it's helped me. I don't think I'd be here with, if it weren't for music. So absolutely, yeah. and I think that um, with my new original music, obviously I've just released "Marching On," which is the theme song for Darwin Pride this year. Um, that's the first of a really personal album that I'm about to create. That I'm in the middle of creating, and there's a lot of songs on there that I do hope they certainly helped me when I wrote them. So I hope they help others when they listen to them. There's a lot of a lot of personal. Very deep personal songs in there. I was like listening to it last night. I absolutely love it. Yay! What inspired you to write it? Sydney World Pride was definitely the the, the that's where it started, but it's certainly not where it ended because it, obviously I released it after um, Sydney World Pride. So for me, it became bigger than writing a song for Pride. I see. And what started really was um, I wanted to write a song similar to like Rise Like a Phoenix by Conchita. Eurovision, rise like a phoenix, oh, oh, yeah, I do. out of the ashes that. seeking rather than vengeance. And I wanted to write something big and like Shirley Bassey almost. Um, and then when I got writing it, it just went in a completely different direction. I was like, this is not a World Pride song. This is a song to launch me as yeah. an original artist. So the, the inspiration was, you know, Marching On is about how far we've come as a community, about you know, celebrating, you know, the shoulders that we stand on to be able to celebrate pride today, but also how far we have to, to go. And you only have to look at things that what's happening in America with the trans yeah. and the drag ba the bands and all that craziness that we still have a long way to go. So how else would you want your listeners to interpret this track? Well, I think aside from the LGBTQI plus community, it can be for any outcast, anyone, any underdog, someone that's... Um, anyone that's had prejudice or feel like they've been discriminated against or had anything to fight for. And I think that's pretty much everybody is, you know, keep, keep marching on, find your people that are, are going to support you and get, and get behind you and stand with you and keep marching and marching forward towards what makes you happy. I feel like I'm having my Oprah moment right now. <laughs> and you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> so You're not going to get a car. Damn. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> Well, since I'm not getting a car, I guess I'll just move on to my next question. <laughs> no, 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 no. What were you going to say? What does it mean to have this song chosen as the anthem for the Darwin Pride Festival? 
That was pretty special, um, as I said, especially because of the the cultural aspect of Darwin, um, the deep rooted First Nations, and there's a, the, the music festival that there. They've got a, some amazing First Nations artists. So for me, um, it's it's always nice to have something represent who who you are, and it was re- representing my community and and a community that's bigger than myself. So the songs become bigger than just me, and that's really special. Why do you think it was selected? Because I'm pretty. No, no. True. <laughs> no, I think because of the message behind it. Okay. I think because it's, you know, we've got to remember that Pride and, you know, uh, Mardi Gras started as a march. It started as a protest where people were getting arrested. People were literally fighting. It was illegal to be gay when yes. Mardi Gras started in 1978. It wasn't until like the late 80s. It, 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 things have changed so much. So I think um, it represents what why we continue to have pride that just kind of reminds me of like back in singapore it wasn't until recently that it was like decriminalized to be part of the lgbtq plus community there's plenty plenty of countries that it's still yeah like uganda they just they just i think they just brought back the the death penalty for and like some countries have 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 taken steps forward and then take steps back and and that's what's happening in the states right now like what is so wrong with you know what really gets me about this whole dra- like trying to dra- uh, ban drag is it's okay for they, they, they can accept it if it's Robin Williams a straight man doing Mrs. Doubtfire that's funny that's cool that's entertainment but a gay person does it oh no we've got to stop that have you ever done drag? no <laughs> I, I what, mean what would your drag name be if you if you were <laughs> Lizard the Dynamite Stripper yes there we go <laughs> Mine's Goldie Horn because of my last name. I love that. Goldie Horn, Goldie Horn. Would you like ever take part in um, Australia's drag race? Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not technically a drag queen. Um, no. I would have to go and do my apprenticeship and, and go to drag school. I think, but um, I love it, and I'm a huge fan, and I think that. It's it's a wonderful art form, and I think it's great that a show like RuPaul's Drag Race has made it mainstream and acceptable. That's but so I think funny. it also has given it a a global reason to that, that. I reckon it's because because of RuPaul's Drag Race in some ways that people are now seeing it. It used to be a lot more hidden away, and now it's become mainstream. It's now a target, unfortunately, for people like what they're trying to do over there. Would you say that maybe Pride can be political? Absolutely, and it was. Um, I during funnily enough during uh, Sydney World Pride was the first time I got really attacked online, and I think it's because I was tagging Sydney World Pride in all my posts, saying "Can't wait to perform," and I and I believe that there was trolls that were looking literally, and I got smashed with thousands of messages that I've never had before, and I know a few other people, performers, friends of mine that have had the same thing happen. And when people say to me, "Oh, why do you still need Pride? You know, you've got marriage equality. You don't need Pride." This is why we still need pride. If, if you need if you need to have any sort of example, I'm getting attacked online just for wearing a fabulous jacket and going to an event. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I mean, I'm not. It was a fabulous jacket. <laughs> but you know what I mean? This is yeah. the reaction to world pride is why we need pride. It's still very much there. Would you say that music has its place in promoting change? My song's being used literally. Yeah. To promote change. And it's not the first time and it won't be the last. Absolutely. I have to write some, some not more more inspiring songs. Are you ready to have a co-write? Sure. I mean, any, anytime. Is there a guitar in the studio? Let's go. Yeah, my voice is gone, so maybe, maybe I'll not get, today. Honey, I've got some exercise and some manuka honey that'll fix that right up. Speaking of telling me your secrets, how is this remix produced? Ooh, good segue. I love it. 
Um, I put it to the remix gods. I had some local remixes done, which I was really happy with. But it was just mis- missing that, like, really special remix. And the co-writer, um, Tony Chilvers, who I wrote Marching On With, he's a dear friend of mine, Melbourne, um, who's actually from South Africa. And funnily enough, the track just went top ten in South Africa. Not necessarily because of him, although he'll say it is, <laughs> um, but really special that the writer actually wrote it and now it's doing well over there. But he reached out to Dave Day, Grammy Award-winning, multi-platinum, huge dance icon. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, D- 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 Dave loved the vocal, loved the song, and, yeah, he's, he's done an amazing remix of it. The process for me is obviously I hand over the vocals and all the tracks and then he then reinterprets it. So I see. that's the job for the producer. But I think what he did do was an incredible job. Okay. Like I'm so happy. What I think he did was take – because a lot of times in, in, in when you remix a song, sometimes you can lose the emotion because it's like just overly produced. What I think Dave did to the track, he still kept that heart in this and, and that drive that's in the song. And that's what I really, the message still feels very clear in his version, even though it's a much more like club banger that I want to you know, throw my hands in the air. Is it ever like scary just handing over like your vocals and your like song to somebody else to produce? Extremely, extremely, especially with someone like that, because if you don't like it, what do you say to a Grammy award winning producer? Sorry, not good enough. Like, like <laughs> do it again. So, but, but, whether they're Grammy Award winning or not, yes. And I'm someone that is very driven and I'm not going to say control freak and and you might be able to say that. I'm not going to say that. But I am. I don't like getting letting go of the control of my music. Like I'm, I do have a very clear vision. However, I'm very collaborative. So I do like, I mean, what Dave did, I could never have come up with. Like, so it's, it's, it's always good to... Take your hands off, and then if if you're not happy with it, you can try and you know work with them to to mold it or, or send it in a direction that you're going to be happy. But I was happy first. I had no notes, and I don't think I've ever done that with a song. I was like, Dave sent me the remix. I'm like, Yep, sign me up. It. Loved Sold. it. Loved it. So you've performed at like n- loads of Pride festivals globally and like loads of like events. Yeah. So how is the que- queer community different around the world? I think for me, because I'm my job is to get up there and entertain, in, and certainly with a big crowd of people, it feels the same to me. Um, the food's different, <laughs> and the culture, and but for me, an, an energy, a, a connection between a singer and audience is the same no matter what. It for me, yeah. it's it's a different connection. There's lots of different kinds of audiences and different vibes, but um, for me, that that is my job to go out there and connect. So for me, that connection, whether I'm connecting to, to 50 people in a jazz club here in Melbourne or 100,000 people at a big event in an arena, to me, it's no different. My job is to connect. How do you do that? People? Um, I mean, it's just, I guess, the difference between a 50-person um, jazz club and in a big arena, which I've, I've had the, the pleasure of performing in, is just a lot more nerves. <laughs> um, and I guess... I, I think I'm, I'm, I was blessed with a big voice, so I think I'm lucky in that sense that um, I'm never really that quiet. So my voice will reach the 50 people, but it'll also reach a, a, like an arena of people. Like I, I think that's a gift that I do have is I have quite a big voice. I think it's also your personality. I'll take that. <laughs> As you should. Well, I guess that's it. I've always been taught from an early age. Like I, I did my. Um, I went to Johnny Young Talent School. Johnny Young is iconic. There was a TV show and everything. Kind of like a fame school. Singing, dancing, acting. Yes, I can imagine. You know, and, um, you know, so I kind of did my apprenticeship in, in okay. music. So I, I was always taught to play for the back of the room. 
yes. whether you have 10 people or you have 100 people. You, 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 you don't want your energy to stay here. You want to shoot it to the back of the room. And and a good example of that, and some, one of my teachers, my very first singing teacher, gave me a video of Peter Allen. Where my baby? Where my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio. No, I've been to cities that never close down. From New York to Rio and old London town. But no matter how far, how would I roam, I still call Australia. You know, the Qantas heads. Peter Allen um, was probably one of our most um, celebrated exports. He did really well overseas. He's an Australian. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, I was given a DVD of him and he was the most extraordinary performer and he could he, he was one of those people that did teach me to, to perform in the back of the room he could be sitting at the piano and you could be in the back row and you would feel like he was singing to you directly so th- I, I've, I've been taught that's well I, I aspire to be just like that so I, I've always been had that in my head that I would have to perform like like that person in that back row is who you're performing to well, having you sitting in here in front of me, I can totally imagine what it would be like. I'm not like. performing to you. I'm performing to the person I, in Building 17 over there. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I'm sure they know exactly what's happening in this room. Love it. So how do you think headlining Darwin Pride will fare in comparison to all of your other shows and festivals? To my 50 people in the jazz club? Yes. <laughs> um, look, I think because I've never been to Darwin, it's going to be very exciting. Um... And yeah, I think that's the main thing is that I, I was, I've, it's one of those places I've always wanted to visit, but I've never been to. So to be there performing and being part of this amazing festival, I, I think it will be an experience on, on its own. I'm so excited for you. Are you coming? No, but I'm suitcase? so excited. Get my suitcase. I, I could. <laughs> I'm invited. Get you through customs. Oh my God. So here in Melbourne, you've started just like, you've just started hosting a show on Joy FM. Yes. What has that been like? Amazing. It's nice to be on the other side of, I mean, it's always lovely to do interviews and talk about my music, and I really appreciate this platform. Um, But I also love giving the platform, and my show on Joy is all about music. So it's all about, you know, young queer, young independent artists that don't get the same sort of support on commercial radio. Yeah. Which is what this is about. So, you know, I know what it's like to be the artist, so it feels great to be able to give that opportunity back as well. So what role would you say that community radio plays in fostering pride? Pride, particularly something like... I mean, you've got a queer artist on your show right now, so you're doing yeah. exactly that. Um, but obviously Joy is very is very much a queer um, hub of that. So, you know, it's, it's all about pride. But I'm, I feel proud to be here right now. I, you should be proud that you're, you're giving a platform to a queer artist right now. Earlier we were speaking a lot about, like, playing to the back of the room. But, yes. you know, on radio, there's no real, like, physical audience in front of you. So how do you kind of use those same playing to the back of the room things Ooh, when good you can't question. see your audience? Well, to be honest, when you're performing on stage, a lot of the time you don't even get to see the audience because it's, it's, it's a lot of lights and stuff. So it's probably not, not, that di- not that different. I still am imagining what people are listening. I'm still imagining the people that, that might be listening at home and I'm still speaking directly to them whilst talking to you. There's bright lights here, there's bright lights on stage. Honey, give me a spotlight and I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess going to like a more serious topic. Yeah. You've done a lot of campaigning to combat the stigma around HIV and AIDS. Mm -hmm. So why is that work so meaningful to you? 
That's a that's a really good question. <laughs> um, it just comes innate in what I do, I think, because it's so prevalent in our community. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of friends that are HIV positive. I had a boyfriend that was HIV positive. Um, so I've got a lot of personal reasons for that, um, especially around the stigma. And I, it wasn't until I started peeling, peeling, peeling back the... The, the layers of what, what that is, is I, I couldn't believe how many people don't understand. A lot of people don't even realize how far we've come with HIV um, and that people are living with it and that the, the, the you know PrEP and all these different amazing things. And if people that are listening right now don't know what that is, please go and look it up. And, and I hope this is a, 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 a start of conversation because... You know, even my own parents didn't understand half the things that I was trying to tell to to to, to uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for to educate people with. Yeah. So yeah, it's for me. It 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 started as something that I didn't quite understand why people didn't understand how much I knew about it. So then it was about it's it's because to me it's not so much about our community. It is, and I definitely want to keep making sure that my younger queer people are looking after themselves and able to protect themselves and all those sorts of things. But it's also about educating the wider community and taking the stigma away from the queer community, because it's not just the queer. It's it's, no, it's HIV doesn't doesn't discriminate a, at or no. or target any any particular community. You know, that's when you make things more like better for a marginalized community it just gets better for everyone else 100 percent. and we've come a long long way i mean they used to call it the gay cancer it's insane to me but yeah um you know my partner lost his uncle to hiv he's got one of his best friends like it's 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 you know um elton john has just come out he wants to end hiv by 2030 and I think that's amazing. So, you know, if you can support any of the, there's lo- there's lots of wonderful organisations out there. Let's do it. And the other thing is too, we're very lucky to live in Australia to have healthcare. There's a lot of like this. I mean, we we need a whole show dedicated to this. But there's a lot of countries that don't have it and it can't afford it. And it is it's, it is affordable. We can be looking after them. So I guess like just to kind of wrap this. Speaking of the younger queer community, yeah. What would you tell your closeted self? Oh, you're coming to good questions today. <laughs> um, you're gonna you're gonna be okay. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm gonna start to write this. Like, dear, dear Greg. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I would just tell myself it's gonna be because I, I was I was so so worried about everything, and you know, I mean that's called anxiety, darling. And I still have it in my thirties, but that's that's what I would say is just don't worry, and, and you're 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 okay. And it's going to be okay. And that's what I would say, not just to my myself, but any young guy. It's going to be okay. You will be okay. And you're going to get through this. There's way more ugly things out in the world than this. And you're going to be just fine. And you are fine, just the way you are. And I guess just one final question. What is your relationship to the queer community? Love. One word, love. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Love and tiramisu. Love and tiramisu. <laughs> that was a really nice way to wrap. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.